You're listening to the Junior League of Louisville's podcast. Louise Wall was a provisional in 1951 and became president in 1963. She led during a time when the league was redefining their purpose. Louise recalls the years of fundraising with the Kentucky Horse Show program and members modeling in the Stewart style shows. She went on to serve on the Association of Junior League's Regional Nominating Committee and continued her work with the Recording for the Blind long after her active years. Well, thank you, Louise. For joining us, we have Louise Wall here. She joined in 1951-1952 and was a past president 1963-64 to and also was on the regional nominating committee. Was that correct? Yes, I was on the regional nominating committee. Yeah. So she has served since. And we're here today just to kind of talk about your experience in the league and how it's even transferred outside of the league. I know when you joined, it was a year-long program, the provisional program, and you had to be sponsored, correct? Yes. So how did you find out about the league? And if you recall, do you remember who, who kind of brought you into the fold or sponsored you? Well, I always knew about the league. I think my mother was in it in Cincinnati, and uh, which is where my mother and father were from. And uh, I know who, one of the sponsors, if there were two, I don't know the other one, but Joyce Canapel. Uh, was my sponsor and her mother was a good friend of my mother's and so she put me up. Did you have to inquire about it or did she kind of come to you and say like join me? Was it something you saw that? I mean I knew about the Junior League and again this was something that frequently happened for us women that when we got out of college we were asked to join the league. Where did you attend college? Smith College, Northampton, Massachusetts. And what brought you here to Louisville? I lived here. So you came back home after college? Yeah, I've lived here all my life. That's awesome. Well, we are obviously glad that you joined the Junior League. You have a, a lot of experience. And as we just discussed, you joined at, right out of college. And mm-hmm. at that point in time, the bylaws read that you would go sustainer when you reach the age limit of 40. And if I guess you chose to stay, you would not have any privileges of voting offices or going to conferences. So pretty much at 40, you went to sustainer. Yeah. Um, so that that definitely has changed over the years. <laughs> I don't know when, but it certainly did. And then at 40, when you went sustainer, did you have an active group of ladies that still got together as sustainers to participate, or did you move to other agencies and other We didn't other have a sustaining group. Uh-uh. Okay. You just, you, you've done your bit up until 40 and then that was the end of it. I mean, you were still a sustaining member, but there were no activities for sustainers, none of that. That's definitely, yes, something that we are are working through and changing. That's before women really worked. Mm -hmm. Uh, Not that some didn't, but it wasn't as prevalent as it is today. Definitely, because I know that kind of when, when you were president, or right after, shortly after, is when the night group. The night group, yeah. So definitely up to the time that you were in that leadership role, there was no night group for people, for ladies that may have worked. Yeah. There wasn't an opportunity for them and to And that may have kept some from uh, joining. Oh, definitely. Don't know. 
but the night group was um, something where the ladies met once a month and they held their own meetings, correct, at, yes, after I hours. Yes, I planned them. I don't recall ever really being involved with it. It was just Even something when that... I was president, I don't hmm. think. Uh, they just gave you the reports and, and <laughs> you got the information. They also RANs. <laughs> <laughs> and then, Oh, definitely. So it is important that your meetings were during the day. And like you said, a lot of the, the ladies weren't working outside the home. They did have a, eventually a subgroup that was the night group that had their own projects and ran their own meetings and kind of existed underground. While you ladies we had our busy. meetings at the Pendennis Club. Hmm. And those were every month. I noticed it had mm-hmm. on here the first Friday of each month was board meeting. The second Friday of each month was your general meeting. And... Um, it's funny to me when I read back on your annuals or your yearbooks that it says, be careful with your yearbook. The list of the junior league is confidential to the members. Oh. If anyone else for it, asks for it, refer them to the president. And um, I think that's just such a, a yeah. neat little, like, yeah. how, how interesting that it was a secret or just protected information. Yeah, that, it wasn't a secret. It was just protected information. <laughs> and I noticed um, when you joined, we were at Frankfurt Avenue. 2005 and then it has a half so that's an interesting address 2005 half Frankfurt Avenue and uh, then it looks like we moved not long after to Farmington is that correct yeah. does that sound do you yeah, remember yeah. Did, uh, we probably don't have many memories of Frankfurt Avenue because it was not just that much. first year it I looks remember like meeting there with committees but uh, and then your main memory is of it being at Farmington which had to be a nice, a beautiful location. I know it didn't look like it does now, the building that you were in. Did you renovate that, do you recall? Or was it dead well, meeting we were, space? We or? were downstairs, otherwise known as the basement <laughs> at Farmington. That's where our office was. So. And I know y'all had like a hospitality committee. So did y'all do events for, for Farmington or tours? Or do you recall ever having to do anything with actual Farmington? No, I don't think so. Well, um, so yeah, that's that was definitely something that I found interesting. I looked through that too, were those little touches there, and that you um, during your time there was the, the horse show program, which I know we talked a little bit about that in the past. Deal, yeah. That was a major money maker, and it got increasingly difficult to get people to sign up to sell the programs. So you printed an actual horse Kentucky horse show program. It's I think they the horse uh, the horse show people. Printed it. Fairgrounds, I imagine. You sold the ads to we, fund it. We, we sold the ads and we sold them at the horse show. And it was definitely a great But we return. didn't print it, I don't think. That would have been a very big undertaking, I think, right? I don't think we did that. But that was a major fundraiser for y'all that time. I know what we discussed before. You yeah. had just, you had let us know how that transitioned from a fundraiser to um, turning that back over, I think, to the, to the program themselves. They do it now. Yeah. And would you explain the thinking on when you moved away from the Kentucky Horse Program. I think we talked about it before, that if we made all the money, we sell the ads to make a program for the horse show and make a significant amount of money, we could um, parlay that into a, a fundraiser for just us, yes, right? Yes, yes, um, mm-hmm. But it didn't exactly transpire, correct? Well, I think that's the way it worked. Y'all were able to do that for a couple of years? I think so. Um, I know to y'all had... Why added, did you think otherwise? Because I didn't find... I, I usually just have to find a name for it, and uh-huh. I didn't know what that would be under. Okay, well... <laughs> A program. I think it came into the, like the style shows. It must have parlayed into the magazines I saw created for the Follies and style shows and all those kind of the show house. Yeah. Like all those had significant magazines where ads were sold. Yeah. So I think it kind of was tweaked and, and changed over the years. Well, but I didn't know if I, it had I a name. I remember the style shows. Yes. 
Tell us about those. Well, they were in the Crystal Ballroom at the Brown Hotel, and uh, I was one of many who were the models. And at that time, anything like that was written up in the newspaper. <laughs> big deal, big deal. And any changing with the uh, administration or with the presence of the Junior League, that was all written up in the paper. I have a scrapbook filled with goodies like that. Maybe you'd like to see that. I sometime. would love to see I mean, that. It's, I could it's scan nice that. scrapbook. Yes. But that's in there because of... Uh, it was you, yeah. Me and other friends. Yeah. We so, would love to see that. Yeah, I just thought about that. I think I did find a picture like that. But you got some uh, of that. I have a. I know I found a photo because I think I brought it. And, um, Emily copied it for past presidents of Ann, when Ann was incoming president, um, Ann Grant. Yes. That I had a photo of her for that. But um, definitely, y'all were in the paper a lot, and it kind of. Definitely... Well, I know Shirley Dumas was in, and I know Betty Leggett was in in the same picture. Uh, anyway, it was a big deal about changing of the guard. Yes. Of the league presidency, hmm. league officers also. And you did the antique fair. At some point, there was an attempt for an antique fair as a, a fundraiser uh, and Christmas dances. Yes, we had Christmas dances. That sounds. That was not a money maker. That was just a social opportunity. Yeah. Uh-huh. And then um, during your time that you were in the league, is there one project that you worked on? I know there were so many over the time. But is there some that stuck out to you as that you worked on fundraiser, community, anything that? I did a lot of work for and with the Recording for the Blind, uh, which is based from New York. And I think I started working there in the early 50s, because I can remember when we lived in an apartment on Sunnyview Road, Mrs. Severe Bonnie lived behind us in what's now Bonniewood. And she was a friend of my mother's and she would come down to the back 40 of her property and she knew where I was in my apartment and she had a booming voice. Louise, what are you doing down there? Come on up and help me with my garden. So uh, that was fun. And, and I do remember that time of uh, her being helpful. Well, and you served on that board for the Recording for the Blind. You yep. went on to serve on their board as well. You did the project within the league, and then you, you served with them. So you definitely you know took that a step further. You served on that for quite a while, correct? I did that forever, and I'd probably still be doing something with them, except they uh, cut out the uh, Louisville unit. Uh, Money-wise, they decided that we weren't holding our own, and oh. we weren't. When we first started at, at Recording for the Blind, uh, we were able to self-sustaining but then we received money from the home office so to speak and then they had financial troubles and in a not very nice manner they dropped us so, so it's but I was with them for I worked with them and board member board chair all that stuff well um then I after that I Rather than reporting, which I had done at first, I ended up uh, in the office taking care of the donations that came in and thanking people and keeping records straight. 
that kind of thing. My mother also recorded down there, mm-hmm. and my brother. So. Well, that's sweet. I mean, that's definitely some memories, and I've read about that over the years in the Junior League, that project. Yeah. Um, we had a lot of interesting projects, that things well, like a, that. It's a good organization. It was started, uh, and I believe it was 1951, right about that time. Uh, a woman in New York started it as a way for returning veterans who had the GI Bill of Rights, and they were allowed to have to get back to school and it was paid for so some of the returning veterans who couldn't see or somehow had their eyesight compromised uh, they were able to do the recordings that we did on uh, at that time they were on a, a record but anyway it's uh, now anyone who cannot read the printed page dyslexic, et cetera, et cetera, uh, it can use those books, those recordings. And it's come a long way. That's a long-lasting touch for sure. Um, I did find interesting on your resume of Mm. things that I found about you was that you were at some point a tour guide for the city of Louisville. Do you recall that? Yeah. Uh There were several uh, groups who did guiding, and the one I was with, uh, took primarily conventioners' wives uh, and took them around to Churchill Downs, uh, maybe to Lexington to a horse farm, uh, Bardstown, uh, Butchertown, wherever. And uh, so some of us were guides. And the nice thing about it, as far as I was concerned, was it was a you didn't have to show up if you had decided you couldn't go on a certain day. So you could choose your time. Mm-hmm. Just if they flexible. asked you to come do a tour on such and such a day and you were busy, that was all right. There were about eight of us, I think, who did that. Yeah, that was fun. That was neat. I saw that and I was like, oh, that's interesting. I'll have to ask her about that. Yeah. Um, I know I mentioned your love of golf because I, I noticed on your resume too that you were president of Falls City Golf. So was that something that you did while you were in the league? Did you have a golf group? Were there ladies that golfed, or was that something you picked up after? My mother-in-law was a big golfer, and she got me interested in these two organizations, the Louisville District and the Fall Cities. And so I played with both of those and was on the board and was chairman of the board a couple of times. So. Did any other ladies join you out on there? We didn't do, I don't think, any golf outings during your time, like as, yeah. as something. Um, we did do a lot with children's theater. Did you have a part in that? <laughs> I just did some with children's theater. One of my good friends loved children's theater. It was a joke for me and some others, but uh, being in the plays, things like that, we had a good time. So but, you were a performer. Uh, that was uh, not really, once or twice. <laughs> but... Uh, that was started by the league. The I junior art, ga- art gal- the children's theater, and the now stage one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, I can't think of the name of the woman who really was head of it from the league. Well, I definitely noticed that there were some. I think during your time there might have been Rapunzel and the Witch. I think on one it said that Dee Dee Jones might have played a princess in one. I imagine. So I imagine. So the, the members definitely participated. <laughs> Uh, but the, that definitely was a big one for y'all during that time, as well as I did pick up on some information about um, Ormsby Village, or Ormsby, do you remember anything with the psychiatric unit there? 
Um, children's records program at the library. I think I used to listen to records and, and rank them. I didn't, I didn't do either one of those. Or um, there's the Polio Foundation, a Louisville Orchestra. I'm just touching on yeah. things during the 60s that came up. And then um, seeing if they have a... I don't well, think I we were... raising children and flying golf. And yes. And like a... you said, at 40, you, you were yeah. moved along. So you had a, a, a obviously a long... I think that's still a long time. Yeah. to be an active member serving on committees and nowadays that yeah. would seem like don't you think in a, yes now I think it's a couple of years or 40 so you had a very long career in the league um, and you obviously made friends throughout the league as well because you went on to serve in those roles and you brought up some of your friends along with you like Ann mm-hmm. <laughs> that you that you brought up in there um, how have you maintained your membership over all these years is it just something that's been important to you? Just sign a paper and <laughs> pay a little money. Now I don't have to pay any money. You've reached but that I, point. You know, I, I support the uh, annual drive or whatever it's called. Mm-hmm. Uh, Did you ever make it to Stairways when that was open downtown? Yeah. And um, attend some of those events there? And then the place over on 3rd Street. Yeah, the little 2nd Street corner, the one that was right Second, on the corner. Yeah. That was not... A great spot, as far as I was concerned. We have heard that from someone else. It was very small mm-hmm. and cramped, and it just—it wasn't really a an office, or it was just an office. It you was. You couldn't meet there or do anything. It was cramped, and as I say, uh, not very good. I've forgotten how long we were there. You were there when I came in, and then we quickly, and then we moved here. I think that it was not a very long period of time that we were there. Yeah. I don't think so. Either. It was a business, kind of the bottom floor of the business. Um, I know that we've talked a lot about the difference of the, during the 60s, mm-hmm. pretty much was your decade of active membership. Were there other things that you were participating in during that time besides Junior League? I mean, you had you were just getting married. Yes. So you had the children. In the beginning, you were, as a provisional, you were your maiden names in here so you were um, still single or engaged and then first year of active you got married and then you would have had your children did you have your children before or after becoming president after becoming president um oh did you have babies at home or yeah so you definitely had a full plate there and then after you became sustainer you went on to serve on, on these other boards you did stuff with collegian as well correct i'm still i'm an emeritus or i'm an emerita (laughs) <laughs> at collegiate, yeah. You've had a very long history with them yeah, as well. I have. Yeah. And you were on their board. Were you ever were you their board president at one point in time? So yeah, you've done a lot there. I take it you went to collegiate, correct? Mm-hmm. I did. Yes. Uh from the seventh to the twelfth grade. And I find it interesting because there are a couple of past presidents or notable members in the league that have gone on to chair that board at collegiate. Yeah. Or that have had touches there as well. Yeah. Uh-huh. I see names and I recognize them. Yeah. Um well I definitely want to know more about your thoughts on the league and if you have any fond memories you'd like to share or well I think it's nice that its emphasis has changed uh, we had an admissions committee back when which was just brutal it was like a sorority and uh, it was not a good thing but we had the the opinion was out that this was just a bunch of wealthy young women and white gloves and this kind of thing. And I think it's great that it's changed now. And all you have to do really, as I understand it, is show an interest in joining. Mm-hmm. 
And I know you have to have a sponsor still, right? No, no sponsor. Just sign up and good. Sign up, pay, yeah. show up for meetings. Um, good. Okay. It's still evolving. They're actually about to roll out some new, right. uh, new information on maybe not requiring every member to complete the same amount of requirements or not having requirements, mm -hmm. which I know. Do you recall yeah, what you have, had to do? Yes, we did have requirements. I don't know, serve on so many committees and so many hours a week in a volunteer job. and That's where the night group ran into trouble with the uh, trying to get... Volunteers' time, well, right? Trying to get their work day and children and uh, leave work. Yes. So they that's how the night group appeared. I do find it interesting during admissions back in your day um, that the, it said you had to be sponsored and then someone had to second you. Mm -hmm. And that it says, um, candidates shall not be proposed nor seconded by their mother, mother-in-law, sister, sister-in-law, <laughs> aunt, niece, or a first cousin. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> you talk about yeah. really being selective. Yes, um, it was. They were very picky. Yeah. And like and you said, you always knew about it. I imagine there were many that maybe didn't, and um, maybe you never crossed paths with the league. Yeah. It was still thriving during your time. Um, do yes. you still stay in touch with the ladies, some ladies that you met in the league? Mm -hmm. You still have a group of women that you met through the league like that you didn't know before? Yes, some. Not many. <laughs> Not many. And then I noticed, too, the provisional dues at that time, just for record, were $15, and the active <laughs> dues were $15. They're probably a little more than I thought they would have been. Um, and the sustained dues were twelve fifty. But I, maybe I thought they would yeah, be a little lower. Yes. Mm -hmm. I was going to say, even though I thought those might be a little bit lower than they are on here, did you all have a lot of transfers? Do you recall that being something that was big during the time? Not that big, but we did have a transfer committee, and I forgot when that started. It may not have been uh, during my presidency I've forgotten but we did have transfers I know especially I know during um, I don't think this is one well, of, I think that becomes uh, more and more prevalent hasn't it mm -hmm. I think that's a very large component and that's good that's good for Louisville it speaks to the city itself I was going to see if this one had the um, out of if during your time it had the out of st city out of state there were members some that they had these little groups of women I guess that moved to different locations that maybe didn't have a league, non-resident. You have a non-resident section in your directories where I guess people moved but maintained their membership with the Louisville League. That's something I don't think really do now. I don't now. really remember how that worked. I know, that's interesting, I thought, um, yeah. that you weren't here, but you were, I guess they just didn't transfer their membership to wherever they went. Don't know. I've forgotten how that worked. Lauren, do you think that, oh, see, there's the interleague cards right there. A member of any league who is subject to frequent change in residence may have yeah. an interleague card <laughs> issued to her by the league of which she is a member, giving her temporary, giving her access to the city where she is residing. They can be listed as a member and shall pay regular dues. So I wonder what would require you to be frequently moving. It had to be military, right? Or something well, along those lines. Well, job change. Mm -hmm. But you have a whole entire section from the association, not through, it looks like the HLI kind of regulated all of that. Um, well, it was nice if you moved somewhere and could, and you had been a league member in Louisville, you could then transfer to their league. Yes, affiliate, make friends, and get acclimated into the, yeah. the community. Um, well, that's as it is now, isn't that? Yes, I think that's definitely still a very big pro, at least in my opinion. Yeah. 
to that. Well, the way people move around now, it's, I think, very helpful yeah. for people to get started in a new city and find Have some friends. Instant connection or instant With possibly the same. What, um, you were present 1963-1964. How did that come about? Like, what what made you decide to, were they, were they straw ballots, self-nomination? How did you come to the president? There was a nominating committee, and they asked if I would be president. So, not where you were interested, they came right out and said, let's put your name down. Um, I don't know if during then, did they just do a, a slate, presented you as president? Did you have mm-hmm. to? I think so. And then you were interested, what made you interested in taking on that leadership role? I think I've always enjoyed leadership roles. You're a good leader. I don't know about that, but uh, <laughs> I've been in the league for, well, what did we figure, over 10 years, right? Mm-hmm. So, 50, uh, or you got 51, 52, and it was 63, 64, so yeah, 10. That worked out. Yeah. It wasn't much longer that I guess you were going sustainer, correct? Uh, figure it out. Where were we? Lauren's doing the I math. I thought you said 51. 51. 51 was her when she joined. Okay. And I was 22 in June of 51. Okay. So, 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 seven, so you had some years left after presidency. Do you recall what you did after you rolled off as president? Did you just support Ann and some of your other friends or served on committees? Was that a natural? Well, I still did uh, recording for the blind. You were able to and serve. I think I was involved in collegiate at that time also. And you did the regional position, right? That, you did that regional nominating position during that, that time. That was not that big a deal. <laughs> just oh. a couple of meetings. Yeah. Uh-huh. And, we didn't have to have tons of fundraisers back in that day. A lot of times, yeah. we had a fundraiser if we had a need, but we didn't just fundraise to fundraise. Well, I also had a little job when I came home from uh, college. A friend of mine started a nursery school in Linden, and I became the five-year-old teacher with not much, in a way, of useful qualifications, but it worked out fine. And uh, I did that for a couple of years and then started having my own children and I really kind of stopped because uh, I didn't want to contract measles or something when I was pregnant, and mm-hmm. et cetera. Um, when I rewarding. look at these books, I know this is from the earliest years. I should have yeah. probably grabbed some mid. But do you have any memories of the Cancer Mobile Project? I do not. I, I mean, would. it would have been right when you came in. So no. it would have been something that, you know, as a provisional. I, mean, I knew there was that. And I, Pulled these two things out that I found. Those are more recent. And looked at the 1960s. I don't remember a drug abuse education program. And the, you definitely the have children's the theater. Children's theater, I remember. Yeah. Music scholarships, those were pretty much financial commitments. Not I, really. I think. I have the big books, I will say. Now, this was your first year as an active, and so, and, and you you were getting married, right? I mean, I don't know when your yeah. wedding, your anniversary is, but during this time period, you you were very busy too as well, about to be uh, a new bride. But do you remember anything about the Southern accent? Is that something you made it to see? The big, at Memorial, the big production, um, the plays that yeah. they put on? Yeah. Is that something y'all went to see? Yeah. Outside membership, I mean, outside membership at the league. Those were very significant productions. Speaking of Southern accent, when I was at Smith College, I called home, and of course we had operators on the telephone at that time. Mm-hmm. And uh, I said I was trying to connect with somebody in Louisville, Kentucky. 
and whoever it was thought I'd said Lowell, Massachusetts, so <laughs> southern accent. They didn't know how to do, they didn't know how to say Louisville, did they? No, and I didn't know how to say Lowell. <laughs> <laughs> so they connected Without you. making it sound like Louisville. Well, I just knew that was a very, that some of our productions were very big. Those, yeah. Even the style shows were, were significant. I was in quite a few of those style shows. I do have a lot of those uh, brochures. I've seen a lot of the brochures, uh, beautiful brochures and uh -huh. themes and yeah. print, you know, the RSVP cards. And y'all had a longstanding relationship with Stewart's. Yes. Is that yes, correct? We sure did. Yeah. And so some took place or were in conjunction with Stewart's, um, which was a major, was that like a major That's department right. store here? Yes, indeed it was. Uh, it was right on the corner of 4th of, uh, and Broadway. And that was the, a fundraiser as well, y'all. I think they gave you a certain stipend y'all got so. for being yeah. there, um, yeah. kind of doing so their. Say they were in the ballroom at the uh, Brown Hotel. Yeah, they were. I'm the, I love looking through all those things, and it's something that I can't imagine. Like you walk, you know, you walked, and I can't imagine us being asked to walk in something like that. Yeah. But it's definitely an experience you got like none other. Well, it was fun. Yes, <laughs> and then y'all. Um, I'm trying to look on here. I should have grabbed some of the ones that came along after because when you were brand new, your head was probably already spinning. But, well, listen, talk about head spinning. What you all do today is five times as busy as what we were doing then. We were busy, but uh, you all fit more into the day than we did. Well, I mean, I feel like when I look back at your records, y'all were very, very busy too. Um, I was going to see if I had anything else on here that I definitely have a lot of the newspaper articles, like you said, like invite not 29 to join um, the culture series. Y'all had a lot going on. Is there still an age limit for joining? Um, yes, you have to be 22. Yeah. Really? There's a minimum, 22, but now it's, um, and we should probably pull the book and look, but it's, I think a certain amount of years or 40. So mm. you don't have to wait until you're 40. Yeah, I know that. So if you joined at 40, you know, you might have to only serve three years and then you could go sustainer. I really should know that, but like <laughs> I'm looking at her because she's still active. You have to know that. You're probably nowhere near that. Um, but now it's a trade off on the amount of service. I do see that. The Hearing Screening Center, I'm looking at a new like little piece here. The remedial reading lab, mobile lab. I thought that was interesting that um, I knew about the cancer mobile because, you know, that was something that was publicized. And I didn't know about the, the, the bus with the books, like a remote, it was a remedial reading And that library. was really right before me that that so was that came its in. height, I would say. I didn't know about that until I looked up history. Yeah. I was like, oh, there was a, a bus before the bus. Yes. That um, we had in there. And then I did note that you, um, there was some changes to the board in the 60s for more efficient operation but y'all were fined if you didn't attend the meetings that there were fines that you had to pay that we tried to support a natural history museum but it really never got off the ground obviously we got the science museum yeah but during that time we were going for some other things and then we produced a guidebook to Louisville for the handicap and that might have been later in the 60s along with that the drug abuse might have been later in your 60s at the 60s as well um, I'll tell you one thing that, that happened in the 60s or didn't happen. It was uh, the botanical garden idea. And Ann Grant uh, was league president when that kind of came to the fore, but uh, it fizzled. I think there was not really a spot for it 
and I don't think there was the backing. Several people were going to put up money, but it never got that far. I'm not quite sure why. And here it is now. I know, full circle, right? Mm -hmm. And they have the spot for it. Yeah. <laughs> that is true. I'll have to look on that for her. Um, I'm looking to see. It was noted, I don't know if this was your year or not, that they moved the board orientation from spring to the fall. And um, single slates were presented. You were talking about some of those other changes. Mm -hmm. I'm when trying did to that see. start? You know, the single slope. I've got the 62-63 would have been before you. We held the board orientation this spring instead of September, so the new board members will have an opportunity to understand the structure and responsibilities before their first board meeting. Um, membership voted to align nominating more closely with other leagues by presenting a single slate for both the office of president and vice president with the vice president succeeding your president so i guess the first president elect when the year before you it has 62 63. so that would have been the year before you were president so as president they would have just presented a single slate with you on it i think you're probably right so y'all definitely were making some changes for efficiency like to your operations during you know that time that you were coming up in leadership mm -hmm. um it says let's see Standing Rules Admissions Committee, um, y'all made some changes to admission as well. Y'all were still pretty picky. We read that one. <laughs> that was still yeah. pretty significant. And they had the, they put the night group was under the direction of the vice president, so that would make sense that you weren't really in touch with that if your VP was um, taking care of that. And they let the night group vote on slates, mm -hmm. which is funny because that means they obviously were not letting them do a lot of stuff. <laughs> and... Um, I'm trying to see if anything else maybe jogs the memory of things that were going on. It says we gave $2,500 to the Market Street Neighborhood House, and we gave $500 to the Southeastern Theater Conference. I guess conferencers came and we paid to help sponsor. We started a sewing committee. <laughs> Not I. <laughs> you didn't like sewing? Which, I mean, had it been revived, because I know during the wars we made stuff, so um, it's interesting how things come back and go yeah. and come back. And the new placement policy of three months maternity leave was explained to the membership and taken advantage of by new mothers. So that was interesting, a maternity leave. I guess you got exempt from your requirements for yeah, three months. And uh, $3,000 to sheltered workshop, $4,000 to the Alfred, Alfred Bennett School for the Handicapped. Benet. Yes. Mm -hmm. the, the Benet School. I would say that's still around? I think so. I feel like I know that. The name's familiar, so. The Benet School, yes. Um, and then we had a public affairs committee, because, you know, we were coming up on a lot of big things in the 60s with, <laughs> with changes. Um, and then it's got study the advisability of possible change of placement. So we definitely were, oh, we were We were looking. It says, the advisory committee's second request was to study the possible change of present placement policies concerning age requirement for a sustaining member. Mm. Our committee recommended the league whose 40th birthday falls on or before the annual meeting be classified as sustainer in the yearbook and pay sustainer dues. They were really wanting to move you on along, <laughs> right? I mean, they were very serious on that. Uh -huh. um, so they kind of clarified that for you. And the Bridget, let's see, projects. I think we covered most of those. They did have one of the projects as the Planned Parenthood Center, Actors Theater, Bridgehaven, and Children's Theater. But that does not, it looks like most of those failed. 
A museum dollhouse was at the fair. <laughs> and again, we did a lot with the neighborhood house, which you heard Christy kind of touched on that. Mm. In the handicapped school. Because they weren't mainstreaming. So, like, there was, everybody was, you know, the, if you were handicapped, you weren't even allowed to go to the JCPS public schools. They had the separate schools for the handicap. Because Mary, more yeah. or less, I think, yes. Because Mary touched on how the puppeteers, the kids on the block, came in there. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, they definitely had a lot going on and a lot changing. Well, right I think after that's when you. people, real, when the women really started working more mm-hmm. nine to five jobs. So that necessitated the changes in that, the membership. The changes, indeed. From the night group to pretty much standard procedure now. Right. Well, thank you so much for sharing that with us. Well, I haven't given you a whole lot of yes, tidbits. <laughs> Thank you.